Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Psalms chapter number 34. Psalms chapter number 34. I've uh, a thought here and I want to be obedient to God. <clears throat> um, seem to be some hindrances in the flesh. But uh, we desire your prayers. Uh, Can't do anything on our own and trust in the Spirit of God. Um, Let me read the scripture and then we'll, we'll share the thought. Psalms chapter number 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Bow with us. We ask for your help today. We pray that you would anoint us with Lord, the unction to stand, we confess our weaknesses and frailty, but ask for your help, that as you speak to us, Father, it might quicken us all, Lord, that the things that ought not be in our hearts and our minds, that, Lord, you might strip from us those hindrances. Help us not to be distracted as you speak, but as we receive your word, to accept it in our hearts and, Lord, to receive it for our good. Thank you for what you're going to do as we pray a double portion of our spirit now. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Psalms 34 is probably one of the uh, the greater psalms. I don't know how you, you make that statement, but it is so full. You, you, throughout the whole, the whole thing, you find verses that people have memorized. I, I mean, myself personally, I, I even used a couple of these this morning and uh, to some extent didn't realize it was Psalms 34 I was even quoting. There are just so many different uh, passages that are in this, this chapter that uh, dominated Christian's thought life. Uh, but I want to look at something uh, different today. Um, God's given me just a couple of verses to extract out of what I read here this evening, and uh, I want to I want to just ask the question. Um, it, 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 I'm trying to be careful how I phrase the question, but I, but we've got to help one another, and uh, we're in this together. Uh, it's not a one-man show or a one-woman show. It's, it's, there is nothing about what we're trying to do here that exalts any individual. Everything we do must be completely about Jesus. It must exalt him in every way. Um, and, and I realize, I, I've kind of struggled with the message a little this week, as uh, God gave it to me a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and as I thought about it, I thought about all the work and the effort that has gone into 
this revival. And I've never been more encouraged uh, as I've seen so many putting their hand to the work. Uh, That encourages me because I know something will happen. When people begin to trust God and to allow God to employ them into his service, there will be things happening. I, I think a great deal of that was evident in the revival. Uh, I want to prep our heart tonight. I, I, I know I still haven't asked you the question, but hang on. I want to prep our heart tonight as we look at uh, these two verses, verse number three and verse number eight. I want to thank those who have did so much through the last few weeks to prepare um, for this good work that we just came out of. But I want to suggest to you it's not over. If we if we let it die here, then some of what took place could have uh, been in vain. There, there's an important part of this. You see, the, the church of Christ needs to get whole. It needs to get better and, and stronger. And as we, the body, begin to get stronger, we're able to help them that are weaker get stronger. And as that process continues to grow, then we see the body as a whole getting more whole each and every time. And that's my heart's desire. As uh, the under-shepherd of this flock, it's my heart's desire. There's a lot of people in trouble. And those are our people. But I'm not talking about somebody else's church. I'm talking about our people. And we need to be whole in order to help someone else. We can't help someone else if we're as sick as they are. We need to be whole. And we need to be united in this. Not divided or separated in any way, but as the disciples gathered in the early church, And in the book of Acts, as they gathered, the Bible said they were of one accord. They had one heart. They had one desire. They were not separated by other things. There were no schisms at that time. The early church was bound together by the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Let me read just a couple of verses from Nehemiah tonight. Uh, I'm trying to create the platform from which we launch this message. I've been so excited to preach it that I'm trying to be careful to share what God gave me. Nehemiah chapter number 2, you find as Nehemiah had come in and and assessed what was going on, that he spoke to the people, and the people received it. Um, (laughs) You got to receive this, you see. You've got you to gotta want to be a part of something that is greater than yourself. You've got to be willing to allow yourself to become, to, to become a, a component of something that is far greater and has a, a greater purpose. Nehemiah gave to them his heart and his desire to rebuild the wall of that city. And here's what they said in response. They said, let us rise up and build. They were in. They wanted that. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. That's what Nehemiah called it was a good work. We've got a work to do. Uh, I don't have any doubt as an analogy we could look at Nehemiah and have before. But there's likely some gates of this city that have been burned. There may be some parts of this wall that have been torn down. I don't believe we're completely exposed to the enemy. For I believe also there's been a great deal of work done. And for that I am grateful. I'm also grateful for the help. For those that are here tonight that have consciously and purposely made a commitment. As a matter of fact, a covenant to this body of believers. They've given themselves for a purpose that is greater than themselves, and for that, I'm encouraged and know that there are parts of this wall that are built. 
But we have some breaches in the wall. And there are some places that must be shored up. There are some things that have to be done. There is work that must be done in order to see it. Listen, in Nehemiah's day, when he told them of the problem, they were willing and said, let us rise up and build. And so they strengthened their hands for this good work. You'll find also in the fourth chapter of Nehemiah that Nehemiah said, so built we the wall and all the wall was joined together under the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. I guess ultimately we're talking about a a commitment tonight in the message. But I want to phrase the question like this, who will help me? Who will help me? Now here the psalmist as he shares the inspired Unction of God's word as he penned it. So many treasures in chapter number 34, but I find in these two verses, he compels all the people. Verse number one and two, it's the psalmist speaking personally. He uses the personal pronoun I. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be in my mouth. Now, if I say that, that's me. That is my commitment. That is what I'm going to do. And I can't say that for you. You've got to say that for yourself. In verse number two, similar, he said, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Both of those things, the psalmist is clearly referring to himself. He is not inferring any of that work on someone else. He is saying, I am willing to do my part. But then he says in verse number three, number one, he asks us to examine the Lord. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now, I believe here the psalmist has turned a corner for just a moment. I believe he realizes that as he speaks this, knowing that these psalms would be sung and and shared as a group corporately, they would hear this. They would hear the psalmist as he pled his heart in verse number one and two. And then he simply says, but I need your help. Oh, magnify the Lord with us magnify the Lord. I believe there's an opportunity for us as the people of God to examine him. You say to yourself, well, I'm not sure that we really need a lot of help when it comes to just magnifying the Lord. But may I say to you today that the more of us that begin to magnify the Lord, the greater his presence will be among us. I believe the psalmist was saying, would you help me tonight? magnify the Lord Jesus. Can we examine him for just a minute? You say, how needful is such an endeavor? May I say to you tonight that it's the most important thing that we'll do is to magnify the Lord. To magnify something is to make it larger in one's eyes. If you take a microscope and you put in that microscope an object, there are things, there are lights and mirrors within the, uh, within the microscope that magnify the object and it creates the it makes the object larger in your eyes it doesn't make the object larger itself if we're examining God you cannot make God any greater than he already is but you can make him bigger in your own eyes and you do that by magnifying God it blessed my heart as I thought about the microscope, which uses, I'm talking about a simple microscope, like we used in high school, but a microscope uses simple light and mirrors. May I say to you today that the light is the word of God. The psalmist said that the word is a lamp unto my feet 
and it is a light unto my path. And the and James said that it was a mirror that reflected unto me the condition of my soul. May I say today that this book magnifies the Lord Jesus. Amen. This book is about Jesus. It is a lot about Jesus. And if you want to know more about Jesus, you need to magnify what's in the book. What we can do to make him larger in our eyes is to open up the pages of this book and examine him in depth. Oh, what a wondrous Savior that I have. He is glorious and magnificent in every way. And it's only when I begin to examine him in detail, when I allow the word and the light of God to put the spotlight on him, brother, that I begin to see how great that he is. You see, when they magnify something, when they begin to examine something in this world, the emphasis is put on what is under the microscope. I, I contend today that very few people look through the word of God hunting for him. Sometimes you'll read to entertain yourself. Sometimes you'll read to ease your conscience. But how many times do we read to allow this book magnify the Lord Jesus in our heart? How many times when you cross a scripture just like this that suddenly he gets great in your vision and suddenly you're overwhelmed by his presence in all of him? Moved by his, his presence. I need help. Magnifying Jesus. You say, preacher, you can only say so much about Jesus. I beg the pardon. You can't say enough about Jesus. And every time I pick up that blessed book, I find more of him. The more I dig, Greg, the deeper I go. <laughs> the greater he is, the farther that I mine in this treasure field, the greater the diamonds are there. And it's all him. It's him. He's in there. But you're going to have to help me examine him. Help me magnify Jesus in this place. Allow yourself to be a conduit of God's power that in your life and in my life we might make Christ bigger in the eyes of someone else. Oh, what a job that is. What a work to be done, Larry, that God would allow me to be a little part of magnifying his son, doing something Alfred that exalts him and declares him to somebody else that when a poor soul comes in through those doors what they hear is a lot about Jesus and it's from everybody in the room amen not just from the man in the front screaming about it it's about it's from everybody in the house saying oh did you know how great my Lord, can you know how wonderful he is? Have you heard what he's done for me? Uh, can I tell you some more about my Lord? I want you to know that this blessed old book, uh, the blessed uh, King James Version of the Bible, I find in it a method, amen, that allows me to magnify Christ. Every page, every page is about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelations, it's all about Jesus. Oh, that we as a body of Christ could assume the responsibility of magnifying the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You say, preacher, you go on as if Christ is really to be awed. May I say to you today, it goes beyond what my feeble mind can comprehend. And I want to confess today that I'm still mining the book. I am still magnifying this book. I've not yet been able to scratch the surface. I have not yet even gone very deep. And yet my life has been spent searching the pages of this good book. And in every one of them, I find Jesus gets bigger and bigger and bigger. He needs to be magnified in this world he needs to be made great in the hearts of men and women that when a sinner hears such truth they tremble 
at how great he is. I made a feeble attempt to jot down some things that I have found in his word about him. Now mark this. This is not exhaustive. This is a feeble attempt at just recording who he is. When you begin to put the microscope on Jesus, he begins to get so great that I find myself overwhelmed that he's even in my presence. He is the lily of the valley. I found that in here. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the bright and the morning star. He is the ark of my salvation. He is the ram that was caught in the thicket. He is the cloud by day and the fire by night. He is my kinsman redeemer and my handfuls of... That's Jesus, you see. I just find him in the pages. He's all over this book. And when we magnify him, brother, he ought to get big in our eyes. He is our good shepherd. He is our rock. He is my fortress. He is the fourth man in the fire. He is the great physician. He is the merciful savior. And he is my sovereign judge. He is the first and the last. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the he that liveth and was dead and is alive forevermore and has the keys of death and of hell. I'm just getting started. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the light, and in him is no darkness at all. He is my savior. He is my friend. He is my elder brother. He is called wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He gets bigger and bigger as we look at his word. I ain't done that. He is the Son of God. He is the only begotten of the Father. He is the blessed healer. He is the anointed one. He is the faithful and true. And he is the sovereign creator. I still ain't done that. He is the spotless lamb which taketh away the sin of the world. He is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He is he that openeth and no man shutteth. And shutteth and no man open. He is the amen. He is the faithful. And he is the true witness. You say, preacher, how'd you get all that? I just opened it up. And as I began to focus, and that's the first thing you learn when using the microscope is you got to focus. Because when you slide that object under the, the lens of that microscope, it's, it needs to be focused. It's, it's not the image being, being magnified that needs to focus. It's your own eye. Right? What, what you're focusing is that top part, the eyepiece. And that's what has to become, that's what has to get focused. And you know what our problem is? We ain't got a mind to work. You got to do the work to see Jesus in this book like that. You got to be willing to strengthen your hands and to put your hands to the good work of God, which is magnified. I'm looking for somebody to help me lift up Jesus from this book and tell the world how great he is. I'm not looking to solve the world's hunger problem. I'm not looking to put clothes on every child's back or shoes on their feet. I am asking for somebody to help me magnify the Lord Jesus Christ to the extent that a a pitiful soul could walk in here and see him lifted up. Will you help me? You're going to have to focus now. You're going to have to get serious about this book. And when you turn the page... And your spiritual heart and the spiritual lens of your eye start to dial that thing in until you can see it clearly. 
Amen. Don't, 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 don't get distracted by all the stuff. Amen. Dial it in until the object becomes clear. And then suddenly you'll see a world. Amen. That you couldn't see. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. But I love the word of God. I love my book. Amen. I thank God that he gave me. He said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. I'm glad that Jesus is in this book. We need to make much about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We need to magnify Jesus. And it can't just be the preacher. Is anybody going to help me magnify Jesus? Let's examine him. You say, preacher, I need something that will change my daily spiritual walk with Christ. May I suggest to you to open up the book? <laughs> oh, Lord, how many times he's rescued me. How many times, <laughs> Greg, I've laid myself before him and wept, broken in despair. And how many times the Holy Spirit has whispered to me, get your book. And how many times without knowing what to do, I've grabbed that old book and I've opened her up. And it's if God with a trumpet began to reveal unto me his son. I tell you, when you see Jesus, everything else stops hurting. Everything else, amen, gets better when we see the Lamb of God, when we see the power of God, when we see the Christ that lives in us, when you magnify the Lord Jesus, amen, it will cause everything in your life to pale in comparison. Bless God, I feel better. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Will you help me? We got to examine the book, son. And that takes work. You don't get to the fine diamonds and treasure of this book just by trying to shake them out. You've got to do the work. Nehemiah told them what the problem was and they agreed and they said we will rise and build. They were willing to join hands with their neighbor and they were willing to to assume the arduous task of cleaning up the rubble and the mess and the trash all over that city and start rebuilding with purpose the walls and the gates of that city so that the Lord Jesus Christ, the magnification of God's name in the holy city of Jerusalem would be brought to pass. And brother, that's what we need to do. We need to make a much about Jesus in this place. It ain't about you. Bless God, it ain't about me. (laughs) Ain't you glad of that? Last thing that I need is to hear a bunch of something about somebody else. Because I can tell you this right now, you can brag on yourself all day long, but if you've done anything, he did it for you. You ain't fooling me, right? I'm old enough. I done been down this road. If you got anything accomplished, you did it through the hand of God in you. You might as well stop talking about you and start talking about him. It's time we put our hand to the work and start building the wall by magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ in this place. The psalmist was willing to say it. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me. Now in that statement, he's making, a, he's making a commitment himself to do it. I'm not asking you to do something I ain't already trying to do. Whether good or, or not good, I'm trying. I'm just asking for help. I'm just, I'm just saying that what the psalmist said, I believe is applicable today. Oh, would you magnify him with me? Now, now the, the, he said in verse 1 and 2 how he was going to try to do it. right? Lifting up his hands, praising him with his lips. and, and, and work, hey, Would you help me magnify the Lord? Uh, would you allow, by focusing spiritually upon what the Word of God says, allow Jesus to get so big in your life that you step away from the microscope and say, glory to God. He's awesome. He's wonderful. He's great. When we create in this place an environment that is 
central to one theme and that theme is to magnify the great and holy name of Jesus Christ then I believe we have accomplished a great, a great endeavor. And by the way, we must accomplish this. We're never going to achieve anything for Christ until we magnify him in front of a lost and dying world. If they walk in here, they ought, they ought to be overwhelmed. They may not believe it, but they ought to still be overwhelmed about how committed we are to one person. How focused we are on one person. How dedicated we are to one person. As the body of this fellowship puts their hands to the work and begins to magnify God. Amen. When you come into the house of God, it ought to have been a week of you mining the treasure of that book. Amen. You say, preacher, I read 38 chapters. I don't care how many chapters you read. I want to know if you saw Jesus in a verse. I want to know if you was able to mine down into the treasure and see him magnified in your own life to where you started with one verse and that verse expanded, amen, up to the heavens and you saw Christ lifted up in your own eyes. Magnified. You know they can take the things that even the human eye can't see and put them under a microscope and they can see it right down to the molecular level. They can, they can detect things in your cellular activity. You say, boy, we can really study something, can't we? I reckon we can study everything but Jesus. And when it comes to Jesus, all we can do is read a verse a week. We don't even study that. We just read it. Or we let somebody read it for us. They got them apps now that'll read the Bible to you. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying if that's all you got, you're probably starving. Because what the Apostle Paul told Timothy was, is you study to show thyself approved. Not your neighbor, you study. You want to know more about Jesus? You just got to magnify his word. It's in there. I I promise you it's in there. I go to the grave with that promise. It's in there. I've seen it a thousand times. If one, it's in there. The Holy Spirit take me to one verse and I say, Lord, that ain't enough to preach. The next thing I know, I got too much to preach. So how'd that happen? You just got to, he gets magnified when you begin to put him under the microscope. Oh, would you magnify him with me? Would you help me in this place to make it all about Jesus? You say, well, you're trying to say, listen, I'm, I'm tickled to death if you're head of an organization or whatever you might do or whatever you might accomplish. Or but let's be real clear. It ain't about you and it never will be, so... I'm just really not, that ain't, that ain't my concern. When we come into the house of God, it is about one. And he is to be magnified in us, through us, and by us if we will put him in our examining table and we will let the word of God speak. Friend, it will grow him in your own eyes. He's always been that big. You just ain't never microscoped him. You ain't never looked deep enough. I started to go ahead and put down about two more pages of that stuff because it's just, it, you, see, you know what I'm trying. I got so excited with them, I couldn't hardly stand it. You say, what was, I was just magnifying him. I just dialing it in. The more I looked, the greater it got. And I just kept adding, kept adding. And I finally said, well, that's enough. Surely they'll get the idea. But you could have went on and on. Because I'm telling you right now, that is a treasure chest. And most of us have just seen the top of the treasure. We ain't got no idea what's down under there. 
We, we don't have no idea how great the gems are that lie about a foot down under the top. And you've been messing around on the top of that thing, seeing a little gold here, a little silver there, a little trinket here. And while there's a something deeper, there's something at the bottom of that chest for him that'll set your world upside down. It is a magnified Lord. Oh, would you help me examine him in this place? You say, preacher, it's your job to preach it. I get that. I get that. And I assume that responsibility 100%. But I'm asking you to help me preach it. You say, how can I help you preach it? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. You can start by tomorrow morning bowing your heart broken before God and say, Lord, I want to see you greater than I've ever seen you before. And I'm going to search the pages of this book and try to find you. But Lord, if you'll help my poor preacher, would you show him too? And would you let him preach it to us? Would you help him magnify the God of heaven, amen, to this world and to our people? Would you pray for me? Would you help me in this endeavor as we try to magnify the King of kings, the Lord of lords? Oh, that we could make a big deal about Jesus. Every time, every single time, God forgive me. You know, I I felt really bad. I felt bad this evening, and I I was telling myself, "You can't preach." <laughs> it may not have been me saying that. I don't. I was telling myself, "You can't do this," because I knew how I'd all oh, been eating on this message for two weeks now. I knew how how wonderful it was. I've done ate it twice or three times. That's a good thing about being the preacher. You get to eat it for anybody else. But that's also important because if you eat it and ain't no good, don't give it to nobody else. But thank God when it comes out of the pages of that book, it's good. It's good, but oh, I want to know, will you help me magnify the Lord? David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. He said, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. It's too big. <laughs> it's too much. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Help me examine him. Would you help me? Number two, not only do we need to examine the Lord, but we need to exalt him. The psalmist said this in verse number three. He said, and let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt his name together. To exalt means to lift way up high where nothing else can be above it or beyond it. We need to lift up anything that is Christ. But if we lift up anything but Christ, we have wasted our efforts. But if we lift up Christ, amen, the Bible said, Jesus, if I be lifted up, he said, I will draw. All men unto me. Once we have magnified the Lord and once he has become big in our eyes, then let us do the work of exalting him, lifting him up high so that others might see what he's done. You know, let me tell you something. I, I, I appreciate those who moved by the Holy Spirit open their Bible and read to me. That happened this morning. Anybody remember it? Valerie read a verse this morning. Colossians, was it four or two? But that verse, when she read it, you know what it was doing? It put a magnifying glass on my Lord. Amen. You know what it did in my soul? It exalted him right then. And I felt the, I felt the Spirit of God in that. Amen. You know what, I kind of doubt she fell on that happenstance. She'd probably been in the book this week sometime, and that became a focus. And what she was able to do with the treasure that she mined from that, I'm making an assumption here, so I don't, if I'm wrong, 
Okay, yeah, same story. Okay, so she mined and found the treasure, and then she shattered it. You know, it wasn't meant for you to keep. No, what's in that what's in that treasure chest? When you find that, bless God, it needs to be lifted up. Don't do nothing good if you stick it in your pocket. No, as a matter of fact, every treasure I find there, I have every intent of telling you about it. It's my heart. When I find it, I get so excited. It's my life's work to do is to study the pages of this book and when I when I see him magnified, I want to exalt him then to you. I'll just be honest with you, sometimes I'm let down. Because what I've been so excited about and I exalt you just Might as well just sent me one of them thumbs up emojis. I get so tore up and excited about it. Having found it in the scripture. I'll be honest with you, this message was one of them. I found it to be a treasure for my, you're talking about helping me. And my, my heart was to bring it to you and to exalt this treasure. And my hope was is that you also would say glory. That, is all, that, is, that makes me in awe. A desire to make it all about him. That's what the psalmist was saying is, will you help me? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt him. The Bible said that Jesus is already exalted by God himself. Having seen the work on the cross, the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Bible said that God hath highly exalted him giving him a name (laughs) which is above every name. (laughs) That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Oh, to exalt the King of Kings, to lift him up in what we do here in this fellowship of believers as we assemble together, that our sole purpose would be to magnify God from his word and then exalt it to a world that needs to know him. Oh, let us exalt him. That is a group effort. Some of that exaltation will come as we open our hearts to sing. Having nothing to do with the quality of the voice or the quality of the music or the quality of the, of the, of, of the singing parts, but it has more to do with a combination of souls that are knit together with a single purpose, and that is to magnify God and then exalt his name. I know I've said this before, but when you open up them old hymn books, and for the most part, we sing the ones that, that are scriptural. When you open up them old hymns and you find what's written in this book on the pages with notes over them, that's something right there that can be magnified. And then we can take that treasure and we can exalt him by singing it with all we've got. Just letting it roll. I don't care which part you sing, whether you sing low or high, Good or bad, don't make no. What I what I'm interested in is that that we all begin to exalt him together. Let us exalt him. Let us exalt him. When we begin to 
praise him and lift him up. I believe the power of his drawing is in the exaltation of Christ. But the exaltation of Christ comes from a heart of awe and wonder. And that awe and wonder only comes after you have magnified him, made him bigger in your own eyes. Verse number eight. Not only do I need help examining him, And exalting him. But I need you to experience him. That's what the psalmist said. Verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. Go back to the personal pronoun. The psalmist talking about himself again. Telling you what he going to do. But then he stops in verse number 8. And he starts with that us business again. He starts saying, oh, but there's something we all need to do, right? We need to magnify the Lord and we need to exalt him. That is a group function. We need to be doing that every time we come into this place. It needs to be all 100% about Jesus and us doing the very best we can to exalt him. But look at what he said in verse number eight. He said, oh, taste and see. Who's he talking to? He turned to all you, right, all of us. He turned the next group function. He said, the next thing we're going to do together is we're going to taste and see. You know what taste and see is? That's said, get some for yourself. Right? Quit that scooping off somebody else's plate when theirs is overflowing. No, he said, I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good yourself. That we as a people not only examine and exalt, but we experience Christ. We taste and we see. Oh, bless the Lord, I love that part. I'll just be honest with you, I don't want you tasting mine. That's mine. Amen, it ain't that I'm stingy, it's just you can't have it. He's got plenty. Get you on. Oh, taste and see. You taste and see. You do the work yourself. You get right with God. You do the work. You get your hands strengthened and you'll taste and you'll see. He's good. Anybody with me? Ain't he good? Oh, Jesus, he's good. He's good. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Somebody help me. I'm telling you, when we come, Stephen, to the house of God, it ought to be a feast. Amen. I'm going to elbow you off so I can sit down and get mine. It ought to be on when we come into this place because I ain't coming to share. I'm coming to taste what he brought for me. When I come into this place, I ought to have already magnified him in my heart that he's got so big, he's trying to get out. And then when we come in here, we start letting him out. And bless God, when you start letting him out, you're tasting and seeing all of a sudden. You're getting to experience the goodness of God. Everybody knows how hard it is to tell a lost person how good it is to be saved. You know why? Because they ain't got no idea what you're talking about. They just don't know yet. That's the toughest thing I've ever told If you could just see what's in my heart. If you could just taste what I've tasted. They got to get the room. This is personal salvation. And I love how the psalmist brought this part of it. You know, he, he, he said, you know, we all, we, he said, help me here. Magnify the Lord with me. Right, we come in this place. And, and I'm telling you, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir and you're a good choir. And, but when we come in this place, you give your attention to the word of God. Let me, let me say something to you. You see the lights? Huh? Look at the light. Boy, God showed that to me. I got so excited when I thought about this this week. 
See, see, where's the brightest spot in this building? Let me be clear. Where's the preacher? He ain't in there. The lights ain't on me. I know there's probably churches where everywhere the preacher moves, the spotlight follows him. Huh? Don't you ever get there. The spotlight is on Jesus always. The light is on the pulpit. The light is on the cross. The light ain't on the man. I just happen to have to get back there every now and then. The light is where it's supposed to be. Oh, help me. Somebody help me magnify the Lord and exalt him in this place. And then we'll taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Examine, exalt, and experience. Those were group functions. Those were things that the psalmist said, hey, help me with this. Now, he had several verses. He said, I'm I'm doing these things. You can do them if you want to or don't do them. I don't care. I'm doing this stuff. But then right in the middle of it, Greg, he throws in a couple of verses that just says, hey, how about we do this together? How about you magnify the Lord with me? Let's do that as a body. Will you help me? Let's exalt him, Sharon. Will you help me? I want to taste and see. I believe he's got, I believe he's got better dessert than I've ever had. I believe there's some stuff I ain't tasted yet. There's some things that I want to see I ain't never seen yet. I want that. And if you'll help me, I'll help you. How about we help one another to get into those places that are heavenly to which the Apostle Paul said we're made to sit. Divine, or come get a song. Divinely orchestrated by the Father in glory. Help me magnify I'm not going to be critical about your, your, your worship business. But I will say this. If you think worship is about saying nothing and doing nothing, you're probably not right. right so let me challenge you. Amen. Every one of you have said, I'll help you. But I don't know that anybody's made a commitment to say, here's what I'll do. That's what, that's what David said. He said, I'm going to lift up my hands from here on out. I am going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to do the work that you've called me to do. Oh, I think we can do this together. I think if we, if we can just humble ourselves before God, we can do this together. We've got to work. He's given us the work. And he's trying to work it in us. <laughs> Pray with us tonight. Bless his name.